0: The passing of a legendary broadcaster, Nancy Pelosi in Taiwan, Chicago can't handle the volume of their 911 calls, Beyonce's new album, Robo Calls, and a whole lot more on today's Random Thoughts. Welcome to episode number 198 of the Random Thoughts Podcast, which is spelled R-A-N-D-U-M-B Thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. A lot of insanity going on in the world, and yeah, we're only two episodes away from episode 200. Time does fly, but so does Nancy Pelosi, and she flew her way right into Taiwan And that's been all over the news because it is annoying a whole lot of people from the Chinese government to the White House, which it's a lot to do about nothing except for the fact that politics drives people absolutely insane, including, I guess, those that are a part of it, because Nancy Pelosi is pretty much. Powerless in the scheme of things when it comes to being able to make any major decisions for the country. I mean, yeah, she's third in line for the presidency. And to be fair, I mean, we don't know how long Joe Biden has, and we don't know what's going to happen to Kamala, but I really can't imagine the doomsday scenario where Nancy Pelosi is president and the rest of us aren't all dead. And if we're all dead, I don't really care. But back to Taiwan. Nancy showed up in the dead of night, which was probably the safer way to go since the Chinese government was doing a fair amount of saber rattling. And they are now doing, and they started this pretty much immediately, military exercises around Taiwan. I loved the headline from the satirical website, The Onion. If you're not familiar with it, they are not real news. They are satire. But their lead story was China to get back at the United States by letting Nancy Pelosi get back home safely. <laughs> and you know, that's how you do the most damage. You let Nancy come home because there was talk of, well, they're going to shoot her plane down, which. I mean, it's great to threaten all these kinds of things, but I don't think anybody on any side wanted to start World War III or a nuclear holocaust because of Nancy Pelosi. Nancy, not much brighter than Joe Biden. Though the question is, why then did Nancy Pelosi do this? Because outward facing, The White House didn't like this. This wasn't something that was put together, it appears, by the Biden administration. It appears they weren't happy with this at all. Because while Nancy was in Taiwan, the White House spokesholes were all like, oh, no, 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 this isn't changing anything. We don't see Taiwan as being its own country. It's all part of China and blah, blah, blah. Nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. Blah, blah, blah. And that's what came out of the White House. So I'm not sure this had anything more to do with the world than uh, something about Nancy Pelosi's husband and stocks, because that seems to be why Nancy does everything. To enrich herself, we know he just moved millions of dollars and I didn't follow it closely enough to tell you whether he was buying or selling or what. But there was a lot of chip stocks that he was involved in. And then, of course, you go to Taiwan, which, you know, they're a little bit involved with the making of chips. And this is the intriguing part of all of this. We want a one world government. The concept is that at this point, the United States needs China more than china needs the united states i believe i mean if you can make the case against that feel free to reach out but right now in things like ukraine it appears that the united states is pretty desperate for china to help out and you know do the right thing whatever that may mean to the biden administration so this will be kind of interesting to watch if anything happens i would expect that taiwan is going to get hassled for a while because of this and i don't think there is any question in anybody's mind even if you're a ardent joe biden supporter and if you are my gosh i feel bad for you but i don't think anybody with a functioning brain would believe that the world leaders including Vladimir Putin in Russia or Xi in China. They do not fear Joe Biden at all. Now, compare that to Donald Trump, and I believe they did. They respected Donald Trump. They feared Donald Trump because he was a strong leader where Joe Biden simply is not. And that is just the Democrat way. They want all things to just continue to run on. They want crime to continue to spike because they want the whole system to crash and burn. Because they believe if the whole system crashes and burns, that even the most ardent people on the right, or at least most of them, will stand up and say, Well, we've got to change something. And they'll be, Well, let's get rid of this constitution. Let's get rid of all these rights. Hey, let's get rid of all the states' rights and put everything under one big, banner of the federal government that's what the left wants that's not what the right wants so the left has to find a way to make things so bad in the country that even the people on the other side decide oh well maybe we should try something else here in the city of Chicago the crime we've talked about this crime is through the roof Cops are overwhelmed, and a new bit of data that just came out from wirepoints.org shows exactly how bad things are in the city of Chicago. In 2021, Chicago had over 400,000 high-priority incidents where Dispatchers just didn't have any available police to send to take care of what was going on. Over 400,000, which at that point was over half the calls. The main number of calls was just under 800,000 or so. So over half of the calls, 406,829 to be precise. Were considered high priority, but there were no bodies to send to help. So, you know, you're getting beaten up, no cops there to help you. You're getting raped, nobody there to help you. You got carjacked, nobody there to help you. You had about a 50 50 shot, which is not good. Not good at all. And you wonder why people are arming themselves at an alarming rate. And I guess it's only alarming if you don't want people to arm themselves. I do. Because I think people that are law-abiding citizens who are responsible should be armed. And we've seen that gun sales have been over a million a month for over a couple of years now. Every month, over a million firearms are sold in the United States legally. I mean, let's just imagine what are coming through illegally. But when you see the city of Chicago, over half of the calls for help to 911 not getting answered, and the high priority calls include incidents which represent an imminent threat to life, bodily injury, or major property damage or loss. Then we have a priority level two incident, which would be things uh, that timely police action Would have the potential to affect the outcome of an incident. Like, you know, hey, riot going on in my street. Maybe if the cops showed up, people would disperse. No. So, this is what you're getting in Chicago. So, I fully understand why people want to be armed to be able to take care of themselves because the police are just not there when they pick up the phone and dial 911. Over 50% of the calls went unanswered back in 2019 which of course was pre-covid pre-george floyd pre-defund the police it was 19 percent of those calls were not getting answered which still isn't good don't get me wrong because having a one in five shot that the police weren't going to show up when you call not good but certainly one in five chance is better than less than one in two. And it shows you the direction that things are moving. Under, of course, the Democratic leadership of Mayor Lori Lightfoot and Governor J.B. Pritzker, Illinois. Believe it or not, the number one state, well, I don't know why you wouldn't believe it, but it's right now the number one state that people are fleeing. Even more people are fleeing Illinois than are leaving California. Because I guess California has nice weather and nice scenery. Illinois, no, the weather's not so good. The scenery's not so exciting. People are getting the hell out. And if you live in Chicago, you probably should be armed and dangerous because the police are just not going to be there to help you if you need them. But we're interested in all sorts of different woke things in this world because uh, Beyonce's offending people. Oh, this is important. And this just shows you how far down this rabbit hole that we're going, because I said this the minute the bullying stuff started, and this was well over a decade ago, that this was nothing more than the attempt, and they're doing pretty good at it, but it's the attempt to squash free speech. You are not allowed to say what the government doesn't like what the angry mob doesn't like and in this case i mean we're talking about beyonce who the left should love beyonce she had some offensive lyrics in a song can you believe this beyonce offensive lyrics in a song i mean if you've ever heard any of these songs there's a lot of vulgarities and there's a lot of very sexual stuff when it comes to Beyonce's music when it comes to rap music but no that's all fine that's all fine cop killer great song let's not talk about that at all but Beyonce dares to use the word spaz in a song and now we've gone too far now we've gone too far it is being deemed an ableist an offensive lyric uh, it's on the new album, Renaissance, which I have to say, not selling very well. The music business has changed 10 percent maybe more. I know that's not a real number, but it's changed a lot. And as much as everybody hates Lars and the guys over at Metallica going back to the Napster thing where they were trying to put their foots down and protect the rights of their music, what we're seeing here now is, because of the way the music business has gone, streaming is not good for artists. Streaming is not good for the music artists at all, because they don't make a decent amount of money off the songs that are streamed compared to what they would make if they had a physical album that was being sold, whether it's a CD or, cassette tape, vinyl record, whatever it is. That would make them a lot more than the streaming services do which is why Beyonce's new album is down about 60 percent from her previous album which came out in 2019 I believe so this was a couple years later new album dropping in sales and immediately causing backlash for daring to use the word spaz on a song called Heated, which I guess uh spaz is a bad word now. I mean, it's if you grew up as I did in the 1970s and 1980s, spaz was thrown around the sitcoms. It was something that you called the kid that was a little too crazy. Like, hey, don't be a spaz man, calm down. Now, I guess this is a bad word to say. This is why. You can't give an inch when it comes to the magical words that you can't say because you'll go from the N word to the R word to now it's like, oh no, you can't say this. No, you can't say that. No, you can't say anything. You just better shut up. The word not used intentionally in a harmful way will be replaced as a representative for Beyonce. So not only. Now, does Beyonce, I don't know why I said it that way, but not only does Beyonce drop an album that isn't getting the sales that it used to, it's being attacked by the left, her people, because of the word spaz, even though nobody is really attacking the rap and the drill music out there that, you know, a little bit more offensive than spaz, I think. I don't find the word spaz should be offensive at all, which is probably why I've said it 35 times already, but in the song, which is co-written by rapper Drake, well, you better cancel Drake. Beyonce sings the line spaz on that ass spazz on that ass, which I don't know what the hell that is uh, supposed to mean. I mean, I looked it up just to see what the current definition of spaz was according to Merriam-Webster or whatever dictionary this was from. But it said uh, it was slang, often offensive. What, What is an offensive these days? Which means one who is inept or a klutz. So the definition, one who is inept or is a klutz, So I don't know what spazzing on that ass means unless you're klutzy. I don't know what you're doing, but you're probably not doing it good. But overall, I don't find that to be offensive compared to a lot of what's going on in entertainment. But going in and giving in to this backlash, Beyonce, I mean, do you not have enough money to just say, you know what, I don't care, shut up. You're going in and changing a song that's already dropped to edit out a lyric. So now we know this can happen. Now we know this can happen. So any song that has any offensive lyrics in it whatsoever, you should really force all of the musical artists out there to pull those songs back and redo them without the offensive word in it. So we could have no music whatsoever. This is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. And the uh, songwriter, what's her name, Diane Warren, white lady, of course, couldn't figure out why there was a track on Beyonce's album that had 22 songwriters attributed to it. Now, if you're familiar with the musical business at all, you understand that the people that write the songs are not always the people that sing them. So you have somebody that writes the songs then you have the artists that come out like Beyonce and sings them. And sometimes she writes as well. But country music is known for having artists that never write their own song. They all just go and they find a song that somebody else wrote and they record it. And it's very rare at this point to have one person write a song and have no co-writer credit or anything like that. Because a lot of times in order to get a song cut, and this is kind of a shady part of the business, you know, hey, unknown songwriter Garth Brooks would love love to record your song, you know, but there's a couple of words that need to be changed. So if you don't mind, he's going to change this word to this and this word to this, but you'll give him a uh, the half songwriter credit on that, right? Because the songwriters again for those who don't follow the business very well, the songwriters quite often get paid more than the people performing the song. They own the song. That's their baby so when an artist comes in who's not a writer well yeah we just need to change a word or two but then you'll give them songwriting credit right well that makes them a lot of money more than changing the word of the song and in Nashville it's gotten to be a bit of a joke where there could be two three four five ten people that are credited with adding something to the song not back like in the old days when one person would write a song but Diane Warren didn't go, well, what's going on here? Why are there 22 people on this song? It, of course, was immediately called a racist and all this because, well, don't you understand sampling? It's like, well, no, just say the song had a bunch of samples in it. And I applaud the artist, finally, which isn't something that was done right off the bat. If they were to sample just a note or two from a song that had already existed, The people that originally wrote that song were not credited, so this is a good thing. But it also just shows you how convoluted the music business has come. When the song you're listening to now has input from 22 different writers, that doesn't mean 22 people were in the room at the same time writing. I mean, it could, but in this case, you know, if you grabbed a bass line from a track from the 1950s, guy who wrote that song is getting credited, but a lot of overall bad press on this Beyonce album. And it's just showing how the music business is changing. I mean, I've never been a big Beyonce fan, not my type of music, but I appreciate when somebody can move a ton of units and Beyonce actually seems to be able to sing, which is more than a lot of artists today. I'm just kind of disappointed giving in to the crowd of going, Oh no, she said spaz. I remember watching the, uh, the one with Zach and screech and Kelly Kapowski saved by the bell. They always called screech a spaz. I mean, if you go back and watch that show, they probably say spaz multiple times in every episode, but now, no, it is such a bad word. Here in 2022, and our freedoms are so great in 2022 that an artist makes a musical choice. They make the brave choice to say "spazzing on that ass, and then it gets pulled out from under them. How can that happen? It's absolutely insane. I mean, not quite as insane as the Batgirl movie, which was going to be an HBO movie Max, so their online streaming service. This was all, I guess, started in COVID land. And this is a $90 million budget movie that was being aimed right at the streaming market, right at HBO Max, not for theatrical release, is what I'm trying to say. And because they've decided now to focus, the studio has focused their energies only on theatrical releases they are dropping this movie outright even though it had all been filmed in post-production and they're just saying nope we're shelving it it's going away we're never going to release it not on streaming we're not going to release it in the theaters we're not releasing it anywhere it's done And this is a huge rarity because, you know, movie, anybody, anybody that spends $90 million, not just movie studios, but if you spent $90 million on a project, do you just throw it out? If you could get any return on it whatsoever, do you just throw it out? So there seems to me that there's something a little more to this. Maybe the movie was that bad. Maybe the movie was super woke and they're realizing now that that's bad, although I doubt it cuz it takes a long time to realize that. Anybody can look at the Top Gun Maverick and go, "Wow, that was a non-woke movie and it sold a lot of tickets, breaking all sorts of records, but who knows?" There's got to be a reason why they aren't releasing this Batgirl movie. The star of the film her name is Leslie Gray, so she was going to be playing Barbara Gordon. When talking about the movie, said, quote, there's crazy stunts, crazy drops. She's a biker chick, so you're going to see her do a bunch of badassery. There were a lot of long days, but it was so worth it, end quote. I bet she doesn't think it's worth it anymore. I mean, I guess she got paid, but it seems like nobody's ever going to see the movie. Again, rarity here. So we'll watch this and see if this ends up showing up anywhere. I would think at the very least it would get a release on uh, some of the streaming services or throw it out as a budget DVD. Do they still have those Blu-ray? It just seems very strange that they're going to shelve it outright. But uh, I feel sorry for anybody involved in that film. You do a lot of hard work. You think maybe you did some good work and then it's like, nope, not coming out. But hey, you could be a podcaster, so it could be worse. There was an article I saw on MSN.com, and I know there are better places to spend your time than on MSN.com, but this one was about the gadget graveyard, devices that have a built-in expiration date. Yeah, I know, breaking news, right? But basically what the article talked about was the fact that we buy so many items now as a culture that have batteries in them which are never made to be replaced. It's not like the good old days where you could easily change the battery in your laptop, change the battery in your cell phone, change the battery in whatever the device was because they're trying to make these devices so small and convenient now that quite often the battery is a part of the device that just cannot be easily swapped out. I found that even with an iPhone from a few years ago, when trying to do the surgery on it with the iFixit kit, and there's a bunch of companies that make the kits. But when trying to do the battery swap, there was about a 50 50 chance you were going to screw something else up with the device because the little connectors and the little wires and all the stuff involved were never made to be taken apart, were never made. To have the battery replaced. Used to be great with a laptop. The battery could just kind of like snap out. You just flipped a little switch on the bottom of the laptop, pushed the thing to one side, and boom, it was done. And it was great because you could even just buy bonus batteries if you were going to be out of touch for a while where you didn't have a way to charge it. You could just swap in one new battery for the other. So, I mean, I didn't think this is any breaking news except for the fact that they point out now your electric vehicles are a part of this. And I think we have covered in the past the fact that trying to replace a battery in an electric vehicle will cost you way more than what the vehicle did in the first place or more than the vehicle is worth. And that is a problem. But this is what happens when people want convenience. If you don't want to deal with that, then don't buy into the products. Don't have a cell phone. Don't have a tablet. Don't have anything that has a battery that needs to be recharged or don't buy from companies that don't have the ability to change them easily. Now, on some devices, companies like Apple are getting a little bit better where you can send them the device and maybe pay them 130 bucks and they'll replace the battery for you. Of course, your mileage may vary on all of these things. But we live in a disposable world. And, of course, that's bad. All of these tech companies, why aren't the green people going after them? Why aren't the green people going after like, well, it's funny when the green activists are the ones that always have the latest and greatest cell phone to to make their little videos and stuff. And you're like, well, don't you realize you're buying into that same system? Because buying a new cell phone like every year or two, that's not green. Posting videos to the Internet, that's really not green either. That takes a lot of power. People watching all those videos, not green, taking a lot of power. Cell phones, (laughs) I mean, the amount of power that cell phones and tablets take. If we could just get rid of that, it would be great for the planet, wouldn't it? And uh, the sports story of the week, nobody cares about the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, Formerly the Cleveland Indians, but you know, that was offensive. So they got rid of the Indians and changed it to Guardians. And it's almost as if uh, somebody flipped a switch. The amount of people watching on television and showing up to the ballpark itself, way down, way down since they changed the name. And it's not like Cleveland is a horrible team. They're doing fairly well in the division where the Chicago White Sox have been uh, a solid 500 team all year round. Currently Cleveland in second place. And I just went to MLB.com. To see what position Cleveland was in and see that the legendary voice of Vin Scully has left this earth. Vin Scully, the greatest baseball announcer ever, passes away at 94. We talked a little bit about Vin back on episode 100 when he joined social media at the age of 92. To say he was a fan favorite would not be even adequate, doesn't even come close. Beloved by everybody in that Dodger organization and fans and fans across the world. Anybody who ever heard Vin Colley game, he was a rarity in the sport. You turn on any coverage right now of a baseball game and you're going to get at least two guys in the booth, maybe more. One doing a play-by-play and a color analyst or two, Vin Scully worked alone with absolutely fantastic results. A broadcaster for over six decades, this was how Vin Scully signed off for the last time.
1: You know, friends, so many people have wished me congratulations on a 67-year career in baseball and they've wished me a wonderful retirement with my family. And now all I can do is tell you what I wish for you. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise and a blessing in each trial. And when the upcoming winter gives way to spring, rest assured, once again, it will be time for Dodger baseball. So this is Vin Scully wishing you a very pleasant good afternoon, wherever you may be.
0: Again, the legendary Vin Scully passes away at 94 years old. What a life he had. And if you've never heard Vin, Colley game. There's a lot of stuff over YouTube. He has made you probably. Here's the thing: even if you don't know, you've ever heard Vin Colley game, you probably have some legendary calls, including the Kirk Gibson hobbling home run in the postseason, and so many others. Again, over six decades of broadcast excellence, and Vin will be missed. I have one more story for you, and that is about a nationwide. Robocall Litigation Task Force, which I'll applaud the efforts on this, although I'm really not sure how much you can do. Now, the magic number shows up in this story like it often does, which is being reported that Americans receive 33 million scam calls a day. And I'm sure if you're listening to this, you've gotten one or two or three or four But this is a nationwide task force of 50 attorneys general to investigate and take legal action against telecommunications companies to try to cut down on illegal robocalls. The problem is, there are so many companies that provide phone service that I'm not really sure they're going to be able to do much. It is a big problem because people still fall for these scams. I mean, it's your car warranty. It's, you know, you have a grandson who's in trouble, but send us gift cards. Allegedly $29.8 billion stolen every year in the United States through scam calls. So scammed out of people, almost $30 billion from the 33 million scam calls a day from a website, the center square.com. It says, quote, the task force has already made demands to 20 of the gateway providers and entities that are allegedly responsible for the majority of the foreign robocalls, the task force believes that some of the providers are intentionally turning a blind eye to the offenders, end quote. Well, no kidding, because they're paying them. This opens up all sorts of interesting questions as far as who is held responsible for what because if you're holding a telephone company or provider, whatever they're called now, but if you're holding them responsible for the actions of the people using the service, well, then don't you have to hold Twitter responsible for the messages? Don't you have to hold Facebook responsible for the messages posted? Don't you have to keep all of these things in the same kind of a uh, of a rule book? I don't know. But the problem with this, as far as all sorts of Internet scams that happen in the United States, is the people that are committing the scams are not in the United States. So it's a lot harder to stop these things. You are much better as a consumer to learn how to spot these things if you run into them and to stop them before they even can make your phone Ring. But so a few tips would be one if anybody gets you on the phone, which you, you've already lost a little bit at this point because they should never be able to get you on the phone. But if they do get you on the phone and they want funds, money in any sort of way that is weird, like, well, go and get gift cards. This happened to my parents that it seemed like it was a direct TV call and they're direct TV subscribers and they're like, hey, We can get you a great deal for the next two years locked in, but you're going to have to pay with Microsoft gift cards or whatever it was. Probably uh, the MSN games, you know, all of these things that can't be tracked once they get them. So if anybody wants you to pay with an Xbox gift card or any kind of gift card, that's a red flag. So don't buy into that. But what I would recommend is twofold, and that is one. If you still have a landline, and a lot of older folks do, especially if you've had a number for a long time, go to something like UMA, where you can control what makes your phone ring, and services like UMA have all sorts of blacklists and stuff that are constantly updated, and they treat phone calls like spam, so if a phone number keeps getting a complaint from their users then it's going to stop ringing the phones of all the other users and just go right to voicemail. And you could decide how all this works. And you can do the same type of thing with your cell phone. You may need an extra app to do it. So you have to do a little research to make sure you're not getting a uh, an even worse app on your phone to do that. But there are ways to let your phone only ring when you recognize the phone number. So go to your contact list, let it see your contact list, make sure it's not reporting it back to the mothership, but you can do things like only allow the phone numbers in your contact lists to ring your phone. Now, everybody's worried about, oh, what if there's an emergency? And that's certainly possible, but the emergency calls will still be able to leave you a voicemail, which means you'll get that within moments anyway. And that way you're guaranteed to never actually have to talk to a spammer or a scammer. Never pick up the phone if you don't recognize the number. And I know I've said it a thousand times before, but a lot of people still don't understand it. Don't believe the number on your caller ID. I can call you right now and make it look like I'm coming from any number I want. So if I know what your bank is, if I know what your grandson's number is, I can call you. Make it look like it's that number and be like, hey, we have a problem at the bank or hey, your grandson's in trouble. Always, if it seems weird, if it's not the person you know on the other end of the phone, say, hey, let me call you right back and call that number on the caller ID right back. That'll get you through to your bank or to your grandson. And then you'll know if that person is actually at that number Never trust what's on the caller ID. Never trust what somebody tells you on the phone. There is all sorts of scams out there. And if you can't get a service where you block everything, let everything go to voicemail because scammers very rarely want to leave a message unless they're pre-recorded, And you know, all of those are garbage anyway. I mean, come on. They want to sell me an extended warranty on my car. I mean... My car's not from this decade or the last, so it's kind of hard to sell me that extended warranty that my warranty is expiring. No, my warranty has expired a long, long time ago. But I want to thank you for listening to this program again, going to episode number 200 in just a couple of weeks. It is because of the fact that you're listening to it. If nobody was listening, it wouldn't make any sense for me to record my crazy thoughts, I would just say them into the ether and then they would be lost. So it is appreciated that you value them and listen and give me your time. It is appreciated. This is a value for value podcast, which means we put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. If you've gotten any value out of the shows whatsoever, it's up to you to put a number on that and get it to us in any way, shape or form that you would like. Go to our website at randomthoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B, thoughts.com, slash donate. Click that donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal. You can use the QR codes or wallet addresses if you want to do the crypto thing. If you want to go the snail mail route, we have a P.O. box address. And if you're already a Patreon member, you can go to patreon.com slash randomthoughts. All get the same thing accomplished, and that is you supporting the show. And we do have a couple of people to thank for today, including Anonymous, who came in via snail mail with a nice little card that says the segment on NASCAR violations was interesting. I understand what the problem was. Always enjoy it. And that came along with a $25 check, and that is very much appreciated. And We've heard this from a few people on things like the NASCAR or the baseball, and the stuff we talk about that I love getting the comments from people who are like, you know, I don't really care about the sport, but the segment was interesting. And now I understand something that I saw in the news. and didn't quite get, that's what we're trying to do here. So I really appreciate comments like that. And our buddy Stu coats coming in all the way over from the United kingdom comes in with the not satanic $6 and 66 donation. And that is very much appreciated. So again, if you want to help us keep the microphone sounding good, the air conditioning running and all that other good stuff, go to randomthoughts.com slash donate. It is very much appreciated. With that said, I will be back next Wednesday to talk with you again. Episode 199 coming up and then a big 200 celebration. What should we do for episode 200? If you have any ideas, wow, feel free to reach out. Darren at randomthoughts.com. Or hit me up on Twitter, Darren O'Neill, D-A-R-R-E-N-O-N-E-I-L-L. Or also Darren O'Neill at No Agenda Social if you're on Mastodon. With all that said, as always, thank you for listening.